We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. And a very good evening and welcome to TalkSport here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. We're live on 88.7 FM and around the world on crkc.ie. Split the Pot draw has just been made. We'll bring you details on that in a few minutes. No racing in Goran this afternoon, but we are in Dundalk as usual. Scott will join us on the line in just a moment. Also on the programme, we'll hear from Leitrim Zach Moradi, all about his story. And it's Welsh Open Week, and local snooker star Davy Morris will join us to talk about that. If you want to join the conversation, 086 353 7782 is our text number. And that's sponsored by taxback.com. Let's go racing and join our ace tipster, Bear Scott. Evening to you, Bear. Evening, Liam. Have you got Thank some you. money to make for us? Well, we made a bit last week now. You know, yeah. we had a 10 to 1 winner last week. Credit where credit is due. We better mention it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get to mention do. it too often. Well, we, that's what I'm saying. We do have enough losers, so we better <laughs> mention it. But anyway, that's a worry. Look, they're, they're racing again. Started at 4 o'clock up there in Dundalk. And um, the first race went to number three, Maggie Thunder, seven to two favourite. Second was number eight, Mysterio, eighteen to one. And third was number seven, Poets Pride, eleven to two, and nine ran. The four thirty, this went to number two, Grandmaster Flash, seven to four favourite. Second was number four, Sneaky Getaway, nine to four. And third here was number three, Pascarenko, at eleven to one. Number one was a non-runner here, and eight ran. The five o'clock, the winner was number five, Betrayed, nine to two. And second was number two, Stribbling, 13 to two. The beaten favourite was number seven, and seven ran. The 5.30, this went to number seven, Big Gossie, 10 to one. They heat per second between number five, Wonder Elzam, and number six, Fastman. Wonder Elzam, 18 to five, and Fastman, 22 to one. Beaten favourite was number eight, and nine ran. Didn't get the six o'clock yet, Liam. I expect you'll probably get that. We will, yeah. Before, yeah, before you finish there. But uh, I'm looking at the last three races on the card tonight. The six thirty and seven o'clock, two divisions of a one-mile handicap, both having the maximum fourteen runners, and both looking extremely tricky. The half six race, uh, I've tried to narrow it down to five, four or five. But uh, look, I don't even know what might be favourite maybe Sister Lola who has a good recent run I think uh, another one MacCliff number 13 also good recent form Nayland number 5 and I think myself maybe number 1 Lady Andas will also feature in the bet it's tricky and the winner could come from the way outsiders here I just think that number 1 Lady Andas well bred horse 
who has been running over distances that may not have been ideal. Not sure if the mile will be ideal, but I think she'll be uh, an each-way price and might be worth a euro each-way there. The second division at 7 o'clock, again, I tried to narrow it down a bit. An important non-runner here is number 7 Ranger Bob, who I think would probably have been favoured. But uh, without Ranger Bob, I think number 9, Echern, will take over the mantle as favourite. Darkest Hour, number 10. Uh, number 1, Jack Berry House. Number 4, Miss Sassy Boots. And number 8, Tommy the Hat. I think should all feature prominently in the betting, even at number 13, Tyrannia is another one that could be fancied here. Each Aaron has won three times over the course and distance. Kind of lost his way for a while and was running very poorly. But last couple of runs, he's beginning to show a sign of his old form. He w- this is a, an excellent opportunity opportunity for him to get win number four on the course. And uh, would you believe that I got a bell from Spain today about each year, and I'm told that he cer- should certainly be in at the business end of that race. Finally, the half seven, this is the seven furlong handicap. Layman, it includes our friend Togoville, who's done the business for us last week. Also in there is... Uh, Number four, Masalaya, winner last week as well. Number one, Sunset Nova, who's been running really well in recent times. And number two, St. George's says They should all be vying for favouritism here. But I'm going to desert the old-timer friend there, Tocqueville, the oldest horse in the race again. And I think he will run well tonight, but I think he might be found wanting tonight. Down near the bottom, number nine, Indiana Gray is one that's been catching my eye. Uh, at a, a little bit further back than the winners, I would say, but running really well. And his last run, he hadn't much luck in running. Ridden by Danny Sheehy tonight, I think he has an excellent in each race chance. And he's the one with the Carolyn, Carolyn Mike. A few bob tonight, Lane. Okay, Bert, thank you very much indeed for that. And of course, there was no racing in Gorn Park today due to a waterlogged surface. Um, on a sadder note, uh, the passing of Peter Marr from Evergreen Bear, um, I'm sure you came across him. Oh, God, I I know Peter a long, long time before he ever got involved in soccer. But look, what can I say about Peter? Anybody that's been involved locally in soccer over the last 40, 50 years maybe would know Peter. He's just been an absolutely tremendous worker for the game in Kilkenny. He's been involved all down through the years, committees, school boys in particular. He'll always be known as the man that ran. Now there was other people. He had plenty of lieutenants and good lieutenants, might I say. I won't even uh, mention names because if I did, I would surely leave out somebody. But Peter was always the man you could go to and he where school guys was concerned he was just tremendous I know he came to me many times you know if, if there was a team needed somebody to go somewhere with him and he couldn't go himself and that was seldom he'd come up to the house and he just he just couldn't refuse him you know he was that he loved the game so much it didn't matter whether it was under 18 under 16 under 12 under 11 he'd be looking for somebody to go with him and I, I had a word with a chap today that actually played underage soccer with Peter and he told me I thought it was a nice little story he said that and I, I, I could nearly Peter was always a great character and a great wit very funny man and he could tell the story and even the young lads used to get a great kick out of me he'd tell him a few you know a few stories early on he'd have them all laughing 
And then all of a sudden, this chap told me, it could get serious. Peter, the laughing is finished. All right, that's the end of the laughing. Now we have to talk about this match. And that's the way he was, you know. He was a tremendous character. So sorry to hear of his passing because I was speaking to him not too long ago. Now, it wasn't very recent, but a couple of months back I met him down outside the Black Abbey and he was in good old form. And Peter wasn't, as I say, he, he never looked the healthiest, but he, he was a lot tougher than he looked, that's for mm. sure. Well, we send on our condolences to his family and uh, may sure. he rest in peace. Bear, thanks a lot and uh, we'll hear from you again on Sports tomorrow right. afternoon. Thanks, Thank you very much indeed. That's Bear Scott there with the Racing Pata, a legend. Yeah, Peter. Peter was one of those uh, these people, real genuine fella and uh, I think, uh, you know, he, he was... Uh, uh, liked and respected by everyone. It didn't matter mm. what uh, sport and organisation you're in, and uh, and that. But he was just one of those genuine people. Mm. And Nicky Kilkenny's a small county, yeah. so when we have these sporting leg legends. We have to. Yeah, well, I, I I got mm. to know Peter first actually when he used to be coming out to visit relatives or stay at relatives not too far away from our house at home. And his sister Dorothy was a was a, a world class um, Irish dancing. Uh, at lady, so she was absolutely tremendous. She really was performing at the top. So I, I got to know to that stage. But I, you know, I, I, he, he, there's a lot of young lads in Kilkenny who he helped along the way with their mm. football, and uh, I think they owe a huge debt of gratitude for all he done and uh, to his family's sympathies because he was a he was a great guy for football and soccer in Kilkenny. But he was a, he was an even better person, and that's something that nice. And when we talk about people who who died and Pat, you I mentioned said to you before the program, a man who sold tickets more tickets than I can think of anybody was Jackie Hanley out in uh, oh yeah Jackie out in he lived out in, yeah, in, in the Callan Road in Kilmana yeah. and my god did he sell it so <laughs> I suppose there's no doubt about it Bally Callan would want us to, um, Greg Bally Callan would want us to mention Jackie tonight in the programme because he sold more tickets for that club and he no matter what was going on it could even be I'd say he was selling tickets when mass was going on um, well you could meet Jackie anywhere selling tickets yeah. you could be down in Thomastown or you could be you could yeah. be Anywhere, Jackie had uh, pulled the, uh, pull the tickets out the box. Yeah, he'd have the tickets. Well, the he box. was tremendous. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, and I know the Bally Cannon lads would want us to acknowledge that tonight. Yeah. You're far too young to know Jackie and Hanley, but there's a lovely photograph on his on RIP because he's he obviously is he, the photograph is of when he served in the uh, in the in the army and mm. was acknowledging that as well. Yeah, and the other thing he did, of course, was um, before a lot of people did. He videoed a, a huge amount of matches uh, for the the club. Any uh, camogie underage, no matter what match he was video on them uh, he, had, he was he had that going yeah. long That's before last people yeah. now that you, you yeah. said that it comes back to me you know, look at it's important to, uh, to to remember guys like him because mm. he was very much part and parcel of the Belly Cannon Club for so many years two men of the people by the sound oh, big time. oh very much so yeah. Yeah. yeah well we pass on our condolences to both families there and may they rest in peace our community radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM changing tat completely now because we've got to split the pot draw it's been made in the last couple of moments and you can stop biting the fingernails because it's in and the winner of 555 euro and I can assure you this was all above board was Sinead Cashin so Sinead Cashin 555 euro first prize goes to you and I'm sure there'll be plenty of people able to make a connection between the Cashins there but well done to you to, uh, well done to you, to you Sinead um, in second prize with 50 euro is Kevin Brennan and in third prize with 30 euro is KB so 
the draw once again Sinead Cashin picks up 555 euro Kevin Brennan wins 50 euro and KB wins 30 euro I wonder is that a pinter now to uh, Jim's treble tomorrow <laughs> could be Cashin's uh, might be on a roll it's written in the stars oh, I think so yeah I think so yeah, I wonder yeah. who was the promoter there oh, I'd say he'll be looking for a dividend <laughs> so Sinead if you're listening to us you'll have to get out something nice from give him a, give him something little voucher yeah. for McDonald's or somewhere absolutely and we'll do that draw again um, next month so please do support Split the Pot wherever you see the yellow box slip the two euro into the envelope and you're in the hat and uh, well anybody can come out it's a uh, luck of the draw Play January's Community Radio Kilkenny City Split the Pot monthly draw whenever you see the yellow boxes Put two euros in the envelopes provided. Write your name and contact number on the envelope and drop the envelope in the yellow box. Be in it to win. The more envelopes you have in the yellow box, the better chance you have of winning. You can also get the envelopes from any volunteer of Community Radio Kilkenny City or at the radio station at 32 Hebron Industrial Estate, just off the Hebron Road. Be in it to win it. JJ Cavan and Sons sponsoring Friday Talk Sport from 6 to 7 on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Please do support the Split the Pot draw. Now, a text in from Jim Rowan saying, Don't forget Jackie Handley of Ballycallan. He was a lovely man. So that comes in from Jim Rowan. And uh, another text from our own Barry Enrique saying, Oh, Jesus, I hope you are right in the heat because I'm broke. So <laughs> that's a little subtle dig there, our own Jim Cashin. And uh, Jim, you'll have to up your game tomorrow. Right, let's go to the Greyhounds in James's Park. Nicky. Thank you very much, Liam. Well, look at as I say, I, since I started this crack from Seamus Brophy, I don't think I've let a week go by where I didn't have one winner. So that's probably. That's a couple could learn from you. Well, I don't know about that now, <laughs> but it's my biggest fear when I'm at home on a Friday night and I'm checking the results and I'm heading towards race eight and I said, God, mm-hmm. race, or or, race nine or ten, better do something for me. This is totally potluck, as um, Paul Hennessy knows, it's a pin job. And you hit the post a good few times I as well. I hit the post a few times as mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah. Well, look, at in, in about a month's time, the man who should really know about the ground, who does know about the greyhounds, so hopefully he'll be back to take on this. Anyway, they start tonight at half seven out on the um, the Freshford Road out in James's Park. In fact, I was talking to a journalist during the week, Liam, and uh, there will be an article actually in the Sunday Independent on Sunday about All-Ireland finals that were actually played outside of uh, Croke Park, mm-hmm. and one All-Ireland final was played in James's Park. Really? How about that now? Yeah. There you go. Did you know that, Pat Tracy? No. There you go now. Anyway, read all about it on Sunday. Dermot Crow in the, uh, in the Sunday Independent. Anyway, I'm going for race number one. It's the Frightful Flash Kennels uh, Novice 525 semi-final. I'm going for number two in that. It's Brian Egan owned from Morton Westmeath. Murky Lahey trained. Temple Spark, number two, to get the better of Patrick Sinnott's Blackstone Teddy, number three. Moving on to the second race, and that is the Frightful Flash Kennels Novice. It's a 5-2-5 uh, semi-final. It's the second semi-final of that stake. Race one was the first semi-final. I'm going for uh, Mary Boogie, sound from Bagelstown, trained by Thomas Boogie's number five, Kilgraney Line, to get the better of Tom Lahey's owned and trained, could be could be it. Moving on to race number three, the COVID-19 protocols, A7525. My tip on that is William Hanlon's uh, number five, Ballygorbos, to get home ahead of uh, number one, uh, Myra Costigans from Port Leash's Moidra's Jet. Race number four, Greyhound make great pets and A6525 my tip there is the Quinlan dog from Torres, Theresa Quinlan's number one, Bull run blast to get home ahead of number three, Patrick Goes, all the way down from Carlo there, Aragal Bally. 
Moving on to race number five, additional meeting at Kilkenny Track. It's an A5525. My tip in that is number five, Jamelli Lizzie, Stuart Cavanagh's own and trained to get home ahead of uh, the syndicate out there from Three Castles, The Rock, Lemon Lockdown, Tom Lannan, uh, trainer there from that one. Race number six is the um, Trials at Kilkenny Track in A5525. My tip in that one is number four, Wayward T-Shot. It's a syndicate uh, trained by Murphy Lahey. Number four there to get in ahead of number two, Incredible Drew, Vincent John Lund, owned and Paul Hennessy trained to come home there in second. Race number seven, the Odewires Greyhound feeds A4525. A my tip there is Liam Peacock's number four, Bogger Gina, to get home ahead of uh, young Billy Sinnott out there in Kells, a Blackstone Flyer, number one. Race number eight, not going far, it's the Ballymac Anton at Stud, A4525. My tip there is George Webster's number three, Arabian Bell, to get home ahead of number two, a syndicate... Um, Naboha Road Syndicate there Martin Morrissey's Ushie and Flash to come home second race number 9 sales meeting at Kilkenny track 83525 my tip on that one is number 5 Bogger Charlie another peacock dog from Torres to get home ahead of number 6 Henry Kelly's Carlo Jet that, that, that could be a good race there it's between those two I think race number 10 is the McCalmont Cup A3525 it's a stake actually it's starting pretty soon and uh, I'm going for number one Kippers Express Shem O'Donnell and Joseph O'Hanlon's off just across the few fields from me there so Shem I'm putting you in tonight to win ahead of number three Ascot Matty's Billy Murphy's dog and race number 11 heading off around 25 past nine out there on James's Park tonight racing next Friday night at 82525 my tip for that one is Sean Dooley's Town Hope has had uh, four wins in its last five races there but it'll have it all to do still even though I think they'll get the better of um, Marty Lahey's Amelia Waters number six Perry's Lucky Pick and uh, number six to come home second and that's it Liam from James's Park N- tonight Nicky thank you I'm not sure if this is construed as bullying at this stage another text in from Barry I should be following a man that knows nothing about what he speaks instead of a lad that is supposed to know everything about soccer I so don't I'm not easily insulted <laughs> it's alright Barry I don't know. I think poor Jim and yourself need a bit of defence here. So if there's anyone out there that wants to defend either Nicky or Jim, 086-353-7782 is our taxback.com text line because I'd be, I'm would be i worried now that I might lose faith. Uh, <laughs> no, no. All I can say is that uh, G- uh, Barry can identify with Jim. <laughs> we'll leave it. We'll take a break. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. In tune with Talksport 0863537782 is our taxback.com text line, and we're here until seven o'clock. Now, last week I spoke to Zach Moradi, he's a Leitrim hurdler, and you may have seen him on the Tommy Tiernan show two or three weeks back, and we had a very good in depth chat. So, here's how it went. Um, well, as you, as you know, the Tom came from refugee after spending about 22 years in the refugee camp mm. in, in, in Iraq over the when the Iraq Iran war. Started in nineteen eighty, invaded Iran, and then mm-hmm. you were, you know, twenty to fifty thousand other people were told to move on into Iraq. So they were kind of held as, uh, as prisoners, prisoners of war, you know. But then, through all that, then you end up turning to refugees. Then, so so that war went on for about eight years, and then and then obviously when we when we 
came here as a program refugee in 2002, 1st of July 2002, and then obviously, you know, it took about two months later, obviously, then the GAA kicked in between mm. Gaelic and hurling, kind of, you know, the way down schools, they all do hurling and Gaelic with the, a club coach coming in, doing a bit of GAA, you know, yourself. But um, it just kind of kicked off there. Yeah. The primary school, mm. when I was in sixth class. And can you remember the first game you saw or the first time you saw you know these couple of lads going around with a hurling slitter and said to yourself God what's going on here do you remember that moment yeah I remember that and I was just I was just like I didn't know what the hell like is this game you know it was uh, it was just something different it was just because I used to just be so used to playing you know soccer or but, you know, sprinting against friends when I was in Iraq, you know, so it was just a different sport, and it was a, and it was this kind of, it was a big challenge as well for me, especially when I didn't really speak English at all either, you know, so it was just, you're trying to combine the two together, but, uh, yeah, I kind of just uh, can't there, you know, I just kind of fell it over for this kind of, like, it was probably, again, but I always just got more enjoyment out of hurling. You know, hurling is just a game with you and puck around against the wall. And, you know, if you're going playing soccer, you always need someone to kick a ball and get someone to get back to kick Yeah, but hurling is a very different game. Mm. You can bang a slitter against the wall and it'll come back to you. And the slitter can be your friend. And did it take long, Zach, to warm to the sport? Or, you know, like, were you instantly in love with hurling or did it take a few uh, pucks around with your friends to get into it? And, uh, like, how important was hurling to, to make friends and to kind of blend into, into the community? You know, very important to me. As, as I said, Gaelic was... I actually picked up Gaelic very quick, very easy mm. enough, you know. But um, hurling was just like... It, it did take a couple of years for me to get used to, you know, speaking and, you know, there's a lot of skills, there's a lot of skill involved in hurling, you know, if you compare it to any other sport. If you, if you, if you know, it's like, if you're even trying to get a, a professional soccer player, I get Ronaldo trying to give him a, 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 give him a hurling a slitter, you know, and he'll find it very hard to be able to strike a ball or, you know, mm. to pick it up because it's just, there's so much skill involved. Mm. You know, soccer, anybody can play soccer. If you get a five-year-old, put a ball in the ground, he'll be able to kick it. But you, you're not going to be able to do that with uh, with hurling. Mm. It, need, it needs a lot of training, you know. And so I put, I, to be honest, I put, I put in a lot of work myself, you know, on my own, going around with a hurl and a slitter with friends and hooking the bills and hitting the ball against the slitter, you know. And just and over the years, and I just got like I just be, I end up just loving the game, you know. And it's just so fast. I always enjoy the game, you know. You always get enjoying it over when you're even striking that ball. For me, it's not. To be honest, for me, hurling is just I just enjoy. Going out and playing and made so many friends over hurling and you know some people's heads you know I know sometimes at under ages you know you see coaches as all about trying to get winning mentality in their head but when I'm coaching kids in my club I'm always trying to keep them playing get them over if you can get 30 kids playing up to minor that's you're going to get them playing for the rest of their life you know yeah and, and a lot of people probably would be surprised that Leitrim is the county where you picked up Harlan because it's not exactly a stronghold it's not a stronghold but then as I always say you get people in every county in every county in Ireland you know in every like there's a hurling club and there's, uh, there's a hurling club in, uh, it's called mm. St. Mary uh, Carrick Hurling Club and all they do is just hurling mm. and they have 
couple of teams and you know and they'll, they'll be the same as they the last one King Kenny and they love hurling as well you know mm. and it's and it's um, it's um, like I never like to be honest when I was kind of when I started playing when I was young I, I would never thought of uh, these things in my mind oh, Le- Leitrim is not a hurling county and you know all this kind of usual you hear from people yeah. it's not a hurling county oh, it's a football in the end of the day it's whoever if every county is playing hurling and Gaelic so it is a hurling county and it is a football county you mightn't have everyone playing it's like probably Kilkenny not everybody plays hurling not everyone plays Gaelic but it's still a GA county you know mm. and did you reach a stage in your life you know you got onto the Leitrim hurling panel did you reach a stage in your life where you thought geez, I'm good at this and, and you kind of seen it more as a, as something you could really aspire to go really high in rather than ju- it just being a hobby I um, I, I just kind of these times when I went out playing Horn and Releasing where I get set by 30 points you know and mm-hmm. it was just it, it was a nightmare you know and you'd be like you're traveling two hours in the car down and another two hours back you know and then you, you could come back on the way some some days you could say but then some days you just kind of like when you win and it all pays off win a game and it's, when you win a game it's, it's all great but look it's like in every county you know even in Kilkenny if they lose an All-Ireland semi-final in Hurland it like, probably does their head in you know altogether mm-hmm. what did we do wrong what can we do better you know well, you get that in every county where you're a smaller county but like at us at our level in Leitrim we're always just trying to promote Hurland to Hurland and trying to just improve Ireland. That's why we're at. Like, we're, we're, mm-hmm. I know we're, we're not aiming for all Ireland, like the Liam McCarthy or anything like that. You know, we're always, we know our standards. We know what level we're at. And we're always trying to improve. Like, a couple of years ago, we were the bottom, you know, seven, six, seven years ago, we were, the, you know, the, they went by, if you include Lancashire, Warwickshire, all them, Ireland, London. Like, we were that bottom with the, mm-hmm. the 36, four, about, um, yeah, seven counties ahead, you know. So we're not, you know, probably we're the twenty-seven, the twenty-six now, you know. So it's not too bad, you know. We're always we're kind of looking that way. We're always trying to get a couple of levels up. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all about participation, I suppose, in a county like Leitrim, and uh, winning is a bonus, and you enjoy winning just like any other county. Um, in the dressing room environment, as you were, you know, going up through the ranks with Leitrim, and obviously with your club as well, did you ever have any trouble fitting into that dynamic? Because we all know there could be a bit of banter in a dressing room. Was there ever, was there ever any problems there, or did you fit right in? No, I didn't fit right in, you know. It was... I, 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 to be honest, I'm just like... I don't be looking at myself as... I'm an outsider, you know. Mm. I just, uh, I, I feel like, you know, it's like on the court, and we always say because we don't have a country, you know. So anywhere we, we go and we land, and we feel like this is our country. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and that's and that's probably fair. And the fact you came to Ireland at a, a reasonably young age probably adds to that as well. Um, you know. It's it's any kid's dream to hurl in Crow Park, and you got to live that dream. I mean, what was that like? I'm sure uh, the surface in Crow Park is better than you know your normal club GA ground pitch. Oh, stop! Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, it's the best pitch. It's the best uh, played on. And it's, it's it's second massive, you know. <laughs> you, 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 you you could see you you could see what when you're watching uh, national league games, and if you're, you're yeah. watching like. Wexford were playing down against Kilkenny, they give them a good game and 
in Nolan Park. Mm-hmm. And no one can can you so much used to Tipperary, they're so much used to Crow Park. Yeah. And then when they're playing against Wexford and Wexford and all them seem to be a little bit lost because they're huge and not used to the playing on that big pitch, you know. And did you find that? Did you find you had to take maybe that extra few minutes to get into the game and maybe get used to it on the first occasion? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like, like obviously in 2017 when we got into the first the Larry Meyer final, and it was just so hard to get into a final. That time there was six or seventeen, and we tried to get there, and it was just like it was just at that time it was like we were just happy that we got there to play in Crow Park. It wasn't even like you know whether we won or not. We were just delighted to be the first team in the county to get to play in Crow Park and to promote the game, you know. Mm. But um, but it was just like we knew it was like, geez, you have to be fit to play in Crow Park, you know. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you can't hide in Crow Park. That's why I noticed, you know. You, you cannot. It doesn't matter if you have. Uh, like I even watched the uh, watched the Waterford and the Kilkenny uh, in the semi final, you know. Uh. And and the difference I noticed when I was watching the whole game, it was. Waterford were a younger team and faster team, you know. You're bringing back you painful to, memories now, Zach. Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> these things. But like, well, actually, we kind of the same thing would happen with Leitrim. We were very unfit when we played Warwickshire, and Warwickshire were a very fit team. Mm. And because you know, we used to give Warwickshire a good game. We used to always be a point or two in them when we played them down in Warwickshire or in Leitrim or in the county. But when, you, when we played them, they were a fitter team, and we could see it. And then for two years after, we just concentrate on the fitness a bit more mm. because. You know, like fitness, because when you're playing Crow Park, it's a massive pitch, and that's why you see when even Dublin are playing Gaelic against Mead, Mead and them seem to be lost because it's just a massive pitch, and it's you need a lot. Of, you know, you can't hide. You know. Yeah, and Zach, like playing a team like Warwickshire, it's not it's not a team that you'd see on the television week in week out. How does that affect preparations going into a match like that? Do you, do you know much about them? See, that's the problem with uh, like we're always like. Like when you're playing uh, Warwickshire, you just don't know who they have, who you're playing against, you know, <laughs> because they have lads from all over the country, lads from Kenny, Tipperary, and like, and you can tell them friends they're playing Warwickshire, and they're like, are you playing an English team? Yeah. And they, they, they just don't get it. And I'm like, you're playing lads that have been playing Senior Hurling, Kenny, and Tip, and Waterford, and all them, and they all come in, they combine into the one, you know. There's and no posh English know. accent or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's the thing. And then, when you're down there, there's like proper full-on hurling, and they're all like, they're all hurling. That's what we played, and they had Liam Watson of Lantern, and he was the best hurling answer. He was playing with them, mm. and they had, um, they were playing like, they have the Jacobs in Lancashire, and there's all a couple of big names as well they had, you know, played in the county, a good level. Or some might have played minor gol- minor golfer, one for other counties, and they'd be playing, they'd be all playing over there, you know. You just don't know who you're playing against. Yeah. At least if I'm going down playing against Sligo, I know who we're playing against, who's good. But with Lancashire and Warwickshire, them teams can go up three levels in three years. In three years' time, they can come back to scratch one. Mm-hmm. The players might travel back home and get jobs at home, you know? Yeah, and you've mentioned Kilkenny a few times, and we probably take going to Crow Park for granted. So it's great for all these guys that maybe had to travel abroad and, and to play for teams like Leitrim here in Ireland as well to get to Crow Park on these occasions. It's superb because it's every kid's dream, I suppose. Yeah, no, it's, that's the thing. It's every kid's dream, and then, and you don't get. A, I always say you don't get many, you know, many chances to get to play in Crow Park. You're only no. getting a chance in a quarter final, or if you're in a, you know, Larry Maher or Nicky Rackham mm. Cup final, and especially if you're in Kilkenny, it's the Leinster semi final or a Leinster final, you know, or an All Ireland. 
You don't live in Leitrim anymore, I don't think. So, how does that affect maybe your relationship with your club in Leitrim or your your former club now, I suppose, in Leitrim and and, and the county setup as well? Are you still able to get up there and get involved in some way, or has that had to take a back seat a bit? I kind of have, to be honest, because, like, I've just been trying very hard last, you know, last couple of years with work, you know, I'm trying to shift work, 12 hour shift, weekends and stuff, you know. And it's, it's tough going, you know, especially with Hurling Thomas Davis I play with in Tala and we're playing, we're, you know, we're after getting promoted to play in senior, in the senior A championship. Mm. And uh, so, it's, and it's getting tougher, you know, yourselves when you're playing senior A championship, you, you, the club wants you times a week, you know, and Leitrim wants you going down three times a week. And then you're trying to sort your hours out between work as well. And just, it's so difficult because it's not, it's, um, it's so difficult to be playing and because there's a lot of traveling in as well and people don't, people don't like, you know, when you're playing for Leitrim and all the players are living outside the county, they're, you know, and, and it, it's difficult, it's not easy, you know, it's just, some people just don't, don't actually understand how much travel in the you know? Mm, yeah, it's certainly tough no matter what level you're playing at, Zach. Um, Zach, it's been great to speak to you. It's been a really enlightening chat. Before I let you go, just on a broader point, the hurling season, um, do you think we'll get any action into 2021? We've had a bad start to the year, but the figures seem to be going in the right direction. Yeah, but, yeah like, things seem to be going good, but I, I think my opinion is we need to get, what you call it, we need to get the kids back playing or we can yeah. do some sort of social distancing because I noticed with the first lockdown, like, I handled uh, 36 in my team, you know, and I lost, when after the lockdown, when we went back, I lost six players. And God, any more players I'm going to lose. But that's in every, that's in every team in our club, you know, we seem to lose a couple of players because you know yourself, when you stop playing for a couple of months, you lose interest in the playing PlayStation at home. I think they need to do they need to do something, you know. They need to do get something back playing, you know. I think, you know, even groups of five or, you know, I mean, well, obviously the government needs to, you know, do something, get people back playing sports because I think it's what sports keeps keeps people together and keeps the country on its toes. And that was Zach Moradi speaking to me last week and uh, a really enlightening chat. really enjoyed talking to Zach and uh, we wish him well with his future endeavours. Right, let's get straight into things and the All-Stars this week. And a uh, couple of... No- Dublin obviously dominate the list, but we do have a couple of includees from Cavan and uh, one from Tipperary as well, Nicky. Yeah, probably expected. I suppose if there was any controversy you want to call it that, I would have thought it maybe Patrick Durkin from Mayo and... Uh, there was one other mayor that its name on to come to me now at the moment. That, that's about the only possibility. Yeah. Um, other than that, look, they kind of picked themselves really. Again, they'll probably be uh, Stephen Cluxon now. He's got a couple of all stars, but he's in the kind of the James McGarry scenario. James McGarry, who never got an all star and was the best goalkeeper of his time, and he was the best goalkeeper because he, you know, he had far less to save than the guys who were getting the all stars. So you're often in that situation. But look, Dublin dominated, and, and no great surprise. Not a strange not to see a Kerry name among them. I know I'll be shot for saying this, but there was a poll in the Independent today about that famous question splitting up Dublin. Looking at the all stars <laughs> and the domination that we all expected to come, uh, is there a case now? Because it is a bit worrying when you have one team dominating the all stars. Uh, we had nine one year. 
Yeah, yeah, one year. <laughs> Jim, Liam, the whole notion of Dublin. I was on the um, strategic review when that came up. It will never happen. I'm mm. telling you, it'll never happen. But a point you would it's make. It's not going to happen. There's talk. Obviously, there's been talk for a number of years about uh, ceasing the provincial championships and maybe being a bit more practical in that format. Would splitting Dublin not be practical in, in another no, sense? It will not happen, Liam. It will never. Simple happen. Simple as that. What, what if I said to you, do you want to split? Will you split James Stevens? <laughs> well, no, no, I wouldn't agree it won't, to that. It won't happen. And I mean, oh. people were, interestingly as well, rather ironically, there was a, the, the Independent did the poll of the uh, of the county chairpersons around the country and the vast majority of them actually didn't have an issue with the funding going towards Dublin. Now, it has been reducing because the figures come out during the week and it does need to reduce more. So, I mean, the bottom line is, is that it's up to the other counties to get up to Dublin, but the notion that Dublin is going to be split, it won't happen. Mm. Period. Well, the, the point I would make is Kilkenny's dominance in the 06 to 09 period is a bit different to why Dublin are dominating maybe at the moment. Obviously, there's the best 15 on the pitch, but there's stuff going on in the background. Um, looking at those all stars, Pat, any surprises do you think? Uh, not really. I mean, four Dublin defenders, four Dublin forwards, one midfielder. Um, I suppose the only surprise you might have is that there's three Cavan and there's only two mm. uh, Mayo. So, you know, that's that's the only thing. But you'd be only mm. splitting hairs there. The, um, the lads got their, uh, the, the, their um, uh, all-stars for... They were the best men in the best positions, yeah, I'd say. You know, I, you, couldn't, you couldn't complain about anyone that got an award. Yeah, a couple of texts in. One saying Kilkenny won nine All-Stars twice in 1982 and 2008. Another text in saying, Great to hear new video analysis added to the Kilkenny setup. Also, Output Sports, who specialise uh, in that area as well, will be working with Kilkenny. James Maher, also a welcome addition to the setup as well. Yeah, that was well documented during the yeah, week. That's well, good to can, see. Can we do it in relation to video analysis? Let's mm. be clear now. Kilkenny have had video analysis for years and years and years. Yeah. There was a, a two girls from uh, twins. Uh, for twins from Monaghan. That's right. Yeah. Uh, were involved. They're actually games of games co- coaching games development officers in Dublin at the moment in two clubs. They went to Carlow IT and they've been analysing it. They've been doing all the games and they were giving the content to the players uh, as requested by Brian and Michael Dempsey. Um, obviously not familiar with the last year or so uh, to the different players to analyse their performance in matches so it would be wrong to think that that um, that we haven't been doing video analysis mm. we have perhaps I perhaps it has changed I wasn't aware of that now perhaps it has changed and there's a different type of content and perhaps there's other people in and perhaps the two girls can't do anymore because they're engaged in full time roles in Dublin yeah well I, I don't know the details but but we want to give the we want to give the impression that this is the video mm. analysis new to Kilkenny. It's not has been there for mm. many, many years, and it's not new to intercounty hurling or football. No, no, it's part of the part parcel of the. I should see even in the club game now. Mm. Um, we were talking off air about a potential Amazon deal, Nicky. You're not convinced that'll happen, but does it open a debate? But no, what, I mean, what, I, what I mean by mm. that is, I'm not saying it. You never say never with these things, but as somebody who sat in on negotiations uh, a number of years ago, I mean, you have to sometimes throw in a sprash. I mean, the, the Premiership has now been um, Amazon have got an interest in the Premiership and mm. have some games there so the notion that they might be interested in the GA is, is, is always a possibility and by having um, having people there I think it does up the up the ante a little bit uh, I see kind of less likely because um, a lot of people don't have Amazon Prime as a product whereas Sky is is, is far more readily available in the country now you can buy Amazon yeah. Prime if you want to but I'm, I'm, I'm think that would be a lesser one if it was if it was to go to Amazon Prime it might very 
very well be for an audience outside of Ireland where they might get it as a secondary product where they wouldn't necessarily get live games but they could use it perhaps from Monday on in the States or wherever it might be. Mm. Well, there might be possibility there. Hypothetically, if it did happen here in Ireland, I suppose, very much like the Sky deal to a sense, there's a generational clash there where you have the younger viewers that are probably consuming content like that and the older viewers who can't access it. Yeah, um, I'm leaning more towards the likes of Leash TV myself. <laughs> the, the, you look at you look at La Liga now. Yeah. La Liga TV shows uh, show all the matches uh, on 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 the Sky platform. So I would think that the GA TV and uh, we heard a, a whisper that uh, a lot of the interviews of Leash GA teams will be done on Leash GA TV maybe yeah I saw that Pat, where they're stuff banning, like that they're going to bar the media from coming to county board meetings yeah yeah they, they, they just need to be careful about that mm. but the GA the GA currently I mean if you if you uh, if you're watching uh, if, if games are live on now I mean the GA now through their own platform are able to send out tweets and you can actually watch action of, of uh, goal scoring mm. games and all of that sort of stuff so the platform that was invested in a couple of years ago and had some involvement in it with the whole new internet platform is very capable of taking a lot of that mm. so look in reality you could say can should the GA be televising their own matches and all that but they're not a TV company they're a sports yeah, organisation yeah, yeah. so I mean why would they get into the technology that's that's actually required there but I do think platforms like Prime and even the likes of Facebook and that I can understand why they would have an interest in getting access because there's a hunger out there for sport in general and younger people now are consuming sport more on smart devices than they are on yeah, traditional yeah, television yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, like you watch all the match goals in the Premier yeah. on your off, on your phone on whatever it is Sky, Sky platform, yeah, yeah, Sky Go or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's a difference in, in whereas we all waited for match of the day. You yeah, know, well that's gone. You know, if they, but that was yeah. of its time, like you mm. know, that's gone. And um, we just I know I still watch it. Yeah, but you, you know the scores. <laughs> and by the way, we have the hurling all stars tomorrow night, and we'll get one. We get one. Where's that going? Yeah, the obvious. Yeah. Um, we have to also send on our best to Denise Gall and Grace Walsh. They're also in the ring in the Camogie side of things. Yeah, that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, very well deserved. I would have been plugging for Claire Fielding from a long time myself, but uh, she'll get an all-star all right. But between the two of them, uh, Denise and Grace, it's a toss-up. Both were brilliant all year. Um, and particularly in the final both of them were great and I mean Grace Walsh's move to midfield was uh, was was a great move by Brian Dowling and mentors well deserved in a sentence James McLean how would you sum it up I was listening I was listening the other day to him the wife being interviewed as I was mm. doing my rounds my, my 6k in the morning I was listening 6K? to the wife yeah yeah you put oh, me yeah. to shame now yeah, yeah. you're going to leave um the wife being interviewed by Claire Borden and then mm. actually James came on it wasn't expected um look he's had a tough time the wife openly admitted that he scored a number of own goals and he did um, I mean he's from the Craigan in Derry it's very nationalistic he ha holds those views and uh, that but you know he hasn't always been the smartest uh, his smartest cookie around the place but it's tough going with a couple of kids and all that to, 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 to be putting up with that and it would be better if those who talk about knocking out racism out of football mm. they would at least consider his side of it as well Pat when you delve a bit deeper he does have a case as to why he doesn't want to wear the poppy but yeah. at the same time as Nicky has touched on there his behaviour at times has uh, almost invited the abuse 
Not that that uh, excuses it. Mm. Yeah, well, you see, I suppose uh, it's like a, a lot of these things. Uh, I think the word of the poppy is oftentimes seen, people say it's voluntary, but it's uh, actually maybe mm. not, you mm. know, in, in reality. So uh, that can often draw the, 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 the ire of people and that. But look, it's... Uh, the way the way players and all the rest of their families are abused nowadays and the abuse online and all that is just terrible. It doesn't matter whether what, what, what colour or whatever. It's just horrible, the whole thing. Absolutely. Right, we'll take a break and we'll turn to snooker briefly when we come back. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Into the final section of the program, Trish has been in touch from Bennisbridge. We're not quite sure about that, Trish, but thanks very much for the text. Oh eight six three five three double seven eight two is our taxback.com number. If you want to send in a last minute text, uh, joined now on the line by Davy Morris. Evening to you, Davy. Hi, Liam. How are you? Not too bad. Um, Welsh Open week, of course, and uh, it wouldn't be a, a snooker competition without Ronnie O'Sullivan there, thereabouts again. But um, yeah. I'd say he was I- disappointed not to face Ali Carter in the end. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what was wrong with Ali Carter. He felt very unwell today and gave the walk over to Ronnie. I don't think it was anything to do with uh, coronavirus. It was. I think it could be something to do with his Crohn's problem, which he's had his whole life, really. So it, it, it knocked him on, knocked him for six mm-hmm. a few times. But um, it's disappointing because he's had a, a great run up to that with wins over Mark Allen in the last round and a couple of good wins before that. So I'm sure he's disappointed not to have the chance to take on Ronnie in the quarterfinals today. Yeah, do you think even a player at Ronnie's level that, you know, missing that game might uh, prove difficult going into a semi-final? Uh, in a way, it would probably give him a little bit of rest. Not that he mm. needs it, but it'll probably actually make him even better, I would imagine, for the quarters because he's had a day off and he can do a small bit of practice and basically have no stress on the body before the semi-finals because, um, you know, there's there's not too many big names left in the Selby went out today and so did Jim Trump earlier on in the tournament, so you'd expect Ronnie to probably convert this tournament into a win mm. yeah. Mark Williams and Steve McGuire and Jordan Brown from Antrim mm. but um, I'd highly I'd, I'd, I'd really think Ronnie is, is the one to beat here I, I can't see him losing this tournament from here Yeah and um, one name that kind of caught me on the hop a bit Davy was Hossein Vavaya <laughs> not quite yeah. sure how to pronounce it beating Judd Trump um, yeah. is, this, is this another guy on the up and up yeah, well, he, you'd be surprised. He, he's actually he's from Iran, but he's lived in Navin in Ireland for maybe really? four or five years. Yeah, because he couldn't get a UK visa. Yeah. And he got a visa uh, here for Ireland. So he was practicing up in Navin for a number of years. So he, he had actually qualified to be professional about six or seven years ago. And he had to wait two or three years until eventually he got a visa for the UK to enter the UK and play in the tournament. So he's around a long time. He's a former world amateur champion and world under 21 champion. So like, there's no surprise. Uh, him beating Judd, I guess, mm. but um, all the snooker players know how good he is, but he's just, I suppose, not known to the wider public because he's not on the TV so much. Yeah, but yeah, of, like a really class player. Bit of a hidden gem to the uh, the casual viewer. Yeah, that's it. I think he's got the two semi-finals and world ranking events, and, you know, he's not on the sword that long, so he, he is showing potential. He's one of these players that think that if he was to win one event, he could win a number of them. It's just getting the first one out of the way, but... Um, no surprise that he's beaten Judd. You know, he, he had a great win before that against Xiao Tong from China. He's probably one of the top two or three up-and-coming players in the world at the minute. Like, just super talented. Yeah, Davey, a word on Judd Trump. Of course, he did have the COVID. How has he, he been since that? And uh, Yang Bing Tao, well, what other word could you use other than sensation? Yeah, for his age, Yang Bing Tao, he won mm. the Masters. I think he was only, only 21. It's just incredible. Like, and that, I mean, he's won, two. I think, two other events besides that, so... 
he won the world amateur at 15 so it just shows what type of talent he was you know that he's just unbelievable he's in the top 16 already and you know he's actually heading towards the top 8 so it's, it's probably brilliant for China the new up and comer uh, to follow Ding's mm. footsteps because Ding has been holding the fort for about 12 or 13 years now but Yan Bing Tao seems to have the complete game brilliant safety player brilliant under pressure and just cool as a breeze when the winning line comes so he, he, he's going to be around for a long time yeah and Davey finally no messing around who wins this? Uh, Ronnie wins it out I think I think it'll be uh, Ronnie and Stephen Maguire final yeah you can't really go wrong with Ronnie can you? <laughs> no he, he, even though there's no one in there he would sell seats but people will watch him from home for sure so yeah I can see Ronnie Maguire final and maybe Ronnie dominating that time Davey, great to speak to you. I know it was brief. We might get you on for a bit more of an in-depth chat later on in the month or next month sometime, but really appreciate you taking the call. Yeah, that's perfectly. Thanks, Thanks very much. Local Stuker Star Davey Morris just casting a brief eye over the Welsh Open. And uh, that's our lot for another Talk Sport. Thanks very much for your company and to all our texters. We'll do it all again from 12 noon tomorrow afternoon. Do tune in for that. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.